Welcome menopause warriors. Come join us where few women have gone before. Our mission is to demystify the menopause journey. We seek to break through the stigma of getting older and provide our listeners with real solutions, support, and answers to give women the tools to live their healthiest, fullest lives. Our guests include healthcare experts, educators, nutritionists, hormone specialists, cultural icons, and everyday amazing women. Come celebrate with us and learn the wonders of menopause. Embrace the heat. Welcome, welcome, menopause warriors. Today, we have Natalie Paveen. She is a physical therapist. She has a strong orthopedic background and specializes in pelvic floor disorders, including incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, pelvic pain, sexual health, and pregnancy and menopause-related issues. She is a certified fitness bar and spin instructor and is active in the section on women's health of the American Physical Therapy Association. She is also the founder and creator of the Pelicor Method. Welcome, Natalie. So thrilled to have you here today. Right, SJ? Oh my gosh, yes. I've known Natalie for years, and it's fun to once again collaborate on something, so we appreciate you being here. SJ, what do we should start with? you want to just start with what is the pelvic floor, Natalie? Should we start with that? Sure. Well, the pelvic floor is just part of our anatomy that every human being has. Um, it is a set of muscles that support our pelvic organs. And when they are not working properly, that's when we develop issues with urinary incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse. So obviously maintaining good pelvic floor health is extremely important. And so the pelvic floor is my hips, like that area, like that everyone knows where the pelvis is, but that's the pelvic floor. Yes. So the pelvis is made, well, the, sorry, the pelvic floor basically includes the two hip bones that meet at the front at the pubic bone. In the back, they meet at the sacrum. And um, the muscles pretty much extend from the pubic bone in the front to the coccyx, which is at the base of the sacrum in the back. And then the muscles run up along both sides of the hip bones, creating like a sling or a hammock. And they support your internal organs for women, our bladders, our uterus, and our rectum. And um, also, when working properly, help prevent urinary leakage with coughing or sneezing, So laughing. the pelvic floor, the actual, f- yes, right. Well, we know that, right? Coughing, sneezing, mm-hmm. laughing, jumping on the trampoline with your kids. What else? Exactly. Jumping up and down, ja- jump roping. What else, SJ? What else do you do with the oh, leakage? Oh, yeah, you, you hit them. Yeah, all of yeah. them, right? Well, Jumping yeah, and then, yeah, or even when you have to, Natalie, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a kettlebell swing, even sometimes squats, when you would, you know, engage those muscles, you know, people have leakage there as well. Yeah, well, I have friends and know people that have that wear a, an actual panty liner or a pad. Oh, um, for sure, for yes. sure. It's extremely common, especially when there is weakness and there is too much, what we what basically intra-abdominal pressure da- that presses down on muscles that don't have um, the strength required to withstand that pressure. And then you end up having urinary leakage. And it's um, a lot of people, beca- they grow up thinking, okay, this is a normal part of aging, but it's really not um, completely preventable. And that's what... Um, my goal in life is, is to just basically let everyone know that it's not something that you have to live with. Mm. That's fantastic. Okay. So the, let's just be clear. So the pelvic floor, 
which you're talking about, is a muscle. It's not a bone. So it's not your pelvic bone or anything that holds up. It's it's a muscle that holds like everything inside from your uterus to the bladder to all the everything up in there. Correct. Well, it's really a group of muscles plus connective tissue that surrounds it. And the connective tissue and the muscles, they basically have, um, they anchor into our hip bones. And yes, that's exactly what they're doing is they're supporting those pelvic organs. Kind of like I said, like okay. a and so, hammock. So how did you um, get into this? Um, well, as a phys- well, I grad- I've been a, pe- a physical therapist for uh, 28 years or so. Um, most of my career was focused on um, outpatient orthopedics. And um, I'm not a huge person. I'm actually kind of small. And when you when I went into this field, no one really said that, you know what, outpatient orthopedics, if you're not a big, strong person, um, your lifetime of doing this may be limited. So as I got older, you know, my back would start to hurt and ache lifting people's limbs and working with them. Although I, you know, I definitely enjoyed it. But it got to a point where I'm like, I can't keep lifting people. Um and then one day, and actually after having my boys and having experienced stress, urinary incontinence with laughing and sneezing and coughing, I kind of found out, you know what? This field exists. I never knew because when I graduated um, college in the PT field, this field didn't exist. It was kind of came about in, I guess, the later 1990s. And I graduated in 1992. And, um, you know, basically learning everything that I needed to learn and using the tools, I was able to not have any stress urinary incontinence anymore. Um, basically, what I teach when I do teach Pelicor is all the tools I use myself and they work. Um, and it's important for, for all of us to spread the word, not just, you know, for amongst women who are postmenopausal or going through menopause, but young girls could also have stress urinary incontinence. Men have stress urinary incontinence. They could have pelvic floor weakness as well. Um, it's not just limited to women who've had babies. Um, and I just feel that education is so important and really needed that, you know, when we went to school and they were teaching sex ed, that would have been a, an ideal time to talk about this, but they didn't. Um, and so many women that I see on a daily basis are like, oh my God, I never knew. And then they're so appreciative that they're not the only ones because people don't talk about it. Um, so I'm here to talk about it. But Natalie, why does it get worse when you get older? Well, like I said, um, Different, there's different reasons. Specifically, let's talk, let's, if I'm focusing on menopause, um, when we hit menopause, our body stops producing estrogen. Estrogen really supports our pelvic floor. It supports our, vag- our vaginal health as well. Um, it's actually called genitourinary syndrome of menopause that we end up developing because of that decrease in estrogen. And what happens is, is everything kind of starts to shrink. And when the muscles tighten and the tissue tightens, that causes or results in weakness, which increases the incidence of pelvic floor dysfunction, whether it be urinary leakage, pelvic organ prolapse, or there's another um, side to pelvic floor dysfunction where women experience pain. Because of that atrophy, those atrophic changes that happen due to menopause, due to lack of estrogen. Um, so as we get older and don't have the estrogen that we used to, it affects us even more. 
especially if growing up, we didn't know that we should be doing our Kegels or strengthening our pelvic floor. And actually, that's how Pelicor came about. You know, I used to watch um, fitness instructors and personal trainers working with their clients. And okay, yeah, they did a great job in terms of strengthening them, but no one paid attention to the pelvic floor. And often things that they were doing um, was creating more pressure, intra-abdominal pressure down on that pelvic floor, exacerbating their situations that eventually they were going to develop and then um, worsen once hitting menopause. So Pelicor is a series of exercises? Pelicor is really... Or it's a whole method or... I, 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 I guess that you would call it a method. Um, and it was created really, like I said, to educate, to educate fitness instructors, personal trainers on how to safely and correctly train their clients so that when their clients are doing squats and lunges, for example, um, they are also activating their pelvic floor because all these muscles are, um, they are interdigitated together. They, they all work together. Um, so Pelicor started off as a way to, like I said, train instructors, but also I actually use it in the clinic when I see my patients. I, when they come in for whether it's stress urinary incontinence or a pelvic organ prolapse due to muscle weakness, I teach them how to correctly activate their pelvic floor. Um, and there's, you know, we have, I also teach them how to relax and lengthen their pelvic floor, which is hugely important because that's often a big component that is forgotten when people are doing their Kegels. And I say Kegels, I'm putting that in quotation mark because it's just the name of the person who kind of developed that. It was Dr. Kegel. But really what it is, it's a pelvic floor contraction and there's different types of contractions and different forms of training our pelvic floor muscles. Um, a lot of people don't even do them right. The um, National Association for Incontinence determined that only 16% of people who say they do their Kegels are actually doing them correctly. Correctly. Um, so, and then I, you know, Pelicor, there's so many people out there who wanted, who had issues, who wanted to learn the exercises just for themselves. So I do actually offer classes, not just for my patients, but for people who find me online, because there aren't many programs out there that incorporate the pelvic floor into a full body workout. And that's what you need. You need to be able to functionally use every single muscle throughout your day. And especially when you're working out, learning how to breathe correctly, not to exacerbate certain situations. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just so important. And um, like, for example, Pelicor is accredited with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Uh, fitness instructors who take the course, they do get continuing education credits. Um, and I have instructors who are in across the US. I have instructors in Canada, in the UK, and they are always sending me emails and, you know, just let's say little snippets from their social media of their clients who comment and thank them. Because not only are they, it does it help reduce incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse, but we're, when you're doing use, doing pelicor, you're strengthening the whole core, not just the pelvic floor. And people don't know what that means. People think their core is just their abdominal wall, but the core is so much more. It includes your back muscles, your pelvic floor muscles, your diaphragm. So when these clients are doing a pelicor program or using the pelicor method, they're strengthening their whole core in functional unison. They're learning the timing to you to activate those muscles at the appropriate time when needed. So then when they use larger muscles, 
um, they don't injure themselves. A lot of people notice that it decreases their low back pain. And studies have shown that 95% of people who complain of low back pain actually have a pelvic floor dysfunction because that's one part of the core that no one thinks about. You can't see it. So no one thinks about it. Um, so it's really always being out there oh, and reminding people it is so important. So uh, would you say that, well, how long, how long, like, could you do two or three sessions of Pelicor and f- already, when do you, when can you start seeing results? Um, you see results pretty quickly, actually. It's, it's more of a matter of learning correct form le- and understanding why you're doing um, the exercises. So we always start, for example, with what's called belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, because that really calms the sympathetic nervous system, um, which is like our fight or flight system. So when we're anxious, not just our shoulders get super tight, you know, you see people who are really stressed out and their necks ache and their shoulders are pretty much in their ears. You could guarantee that a person who's stressed, they carry it in their pelvic floor too. So if their shoulders are up towards their ears, I can guarantee the pelvic floors are way up there too. So you want to be able to get them to relax and lengthen up their muscles. For example, if, um, if you're just, if you're doing bicep curls and you're working on your getting great biceps, if you're not able to go through a full range with your bicep curl, you're not going to get stronger. Um, so no different with pelvic floors. You want to be able to contract the muscle through full range. So learning how to relax and then contract and then fully relax again is not, it's not easy. And it's a very hard for people to get it because um, they don't see it. So typically, um, I think that anywhere between maybe six to eight classes, just at least to get the coordination, to get the education, and just to understand how to do things correctly, so that then they can take it into their regular life and use it when they're picking up their kids, when they're carrying groceries, when they're pushing a piece of furniture. Um, we use all those muscles every day. And th- th- it's just, it's too important to ignore our pelvic floor and just assume we're doing a hundred or a thousand crunches and curls, which really a lot right. of people and end up injuring that, their backs. That muscle also is not something like you said, I really want to target that is that we don't, we're not aware of it at all. So to, for anyone who doesn't exercise a lot, or even me who was, you know, exercising at the time was exercising all the time, owned a fitness studio. And I first tried Pelicor. It was, you know, I was laughing through a lot of it because I was like, what the heck? Like, I don't even know this thing is in here and know so much the benefit of your method and what you created. And I I think, you know, why we were doing this podcast too, is another thing here where women don't have to suffer. And, you know, I, I, I think that you've, you also said, you know, incontinence and, and that part of pel- of the pelvic floor, it can happen to anybody. It can have, you, you have male clients and, and patients, and you have young girls, a lot of, you mentioned gymnasts to me in the past that you've seen a lot of gymnasts for that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all that but, tumbling that they do and that high impact it's a lot of downward pressure on muscles that, you know, they're, they're not focused on. So they're not, they're not right. strong. So it's important wouldn't to strengthen it benefit, too. Wouldn't, this is another thing that would benefit, you know, as soon as, you know, girls are 18 or even younger, but 
knowing another thing about the vagina health story, you know, everything, all vagina is another thing that we don't talk about, about women's health, like until something goes wrong, right? right? Instead of this preventative that, so this is like, you know. Even when something goes wrong, many women keep it to themselves and suffer Mm -hmm. in silence. Mm-hmm. I often encourage my patients to, you know, when I, when they, whatever they learn from me, I encourage them to teach to their kids. Um, and like I said earlier, I really feel that, you know, this should be part of sex education. Right. You know? Right. Right. Why are we not talking about these things? Is I there, can you, Natalie, just us sitting here and maybe someone in their car or listening at home or, or, you know, wherever someone is right now, could you run us through just a, like a, a little bit of what they're, we're supposed to be paying attention to? And then where would they be able, to, could they get you? Are you on YouTube? Where you could they see a Pellicor video? Learn and do Pellicor. So, um, yes, I have a website which is Pellacore.com. Um, and I do offer classes and my instructors are starting to offer classes virtually as well. And believe it or not, you know, there's, because it's not talked about, women find my classes from just using Google. They're Googling pelvic mm-hmm. floor. And then like, mm-hmm. oh, this is something I could do in the privacy of my own home. No one has to know that I have pelvic floor issues. Um, so I've had people take my class that, are, you know, I'm in LA, but they're in Colorado. They're in Salt Lake City. Um, now I have my instructor who's in the UK will be able to offer a different time zones for other people who want to be able to take it. Um, I also pretty much, like I said, you know, I'm very big on education. So my Instagram um, page, which is Pelicor Fitness, I post a lot of exercises on there, a lot of um, examples of what it is that we do. Um, and also, you know what, Facebook, of course, I'm always, I'm very big into finding the latest research and sharing all that information. You know, it's not just about necessarily Pelicor all the time, because like I am a, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and um, I treat so many different issues um, that no one, and you know what, it's so interesting. Recently, I've had women who are, you know, older, you know, how they say, what was the movie 30 year old virgin, I have women in their 30s who've never had intercourse, you know, for cultural reasons, and it's totally fine. But they are they come to me because now they want to get married, or they're engaged, and they have pain, they can't. And so I do work with them. And that's, you know, totally different than Pellicor. It's it was something that we really have to focus on relaxation. And we don't want to work on necessarily strengthening with them at this point, but just letting them know that they're not alone and that it is extremely common. You know, they they look at me like, oh my God, are you telling me the truth? Is that true? I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. I'm, you know, there's, we're all from different walks so of life, can- different backgrounds, different everything. And just the fact that you guys are here and opening up this conversation is huge because so many people come to me at because their doctor referred them and I'll say, hi, you know, what are you hoping to gain from this? And they look at me going, I don't even know what you do. I don't know why I'm here. Like they have no clue. So, and then when you start to talk and they feel like, you know what, I'm part of this group, I'm not alone. And other people are suffering just like me. It changes their world. 
So, you know, I feel very honored For that sure. I can work with these women and men, although now I okay, just let's circle women. back to that pain. <laughs> yes, please. Go ahead. <laughs> Let, let's circle back to the pain, the pain, the pain issue, because uh, we have heard that many times, uh, you know, the lack of estrogen, then a year or two goes by, and then it's severely painful to have intercourse. Like, it's been, it's been a problem in lots of marriages and mm-hmm. And in the way of, you know, if you can't have that intimacy, that's, that's a bummer. Um, Will Pellicor help that as well? If it's menopause based dryness or lack of estrogen or, you know, cause there's also, and you've used the term, Natalie, uh, it's some sort of atrophied of the vagina. What is it called? It's a, called a trophic vaginitis. It's basically be with the, without well, hold on. You need to hold on. We cannot just <laughs> breeze over that. Say that and word again. Say that atrophic, word again. Atrophic vaginitis. Yes. Okay. So, so that right there is just sounds horrible. Not right. It sounds no. horrible. But I actually have a friend, a good friend, that had that. It was tragic. I mean, her. It's basically that her the lining of her vagina was so thin that it was basically closing up. That's is that exactly am I correct? What with- happens? Yes, that's exactly what happens. Now, will um, Pelicor prevent that too, or help in that in any way? Um, no, and that at later on, yes. But at, what has to be addressed first is the the tissue. The tissue has to be addressed, and that's not something necessarily Pelicor does early on. Later on, yeah, it's great. It's helpful. But, you know, there's there's vaginal estrogen, which is very local, not systemic, which if is not contraindicated in that person often helps. Um, sometimes an estrogen testosterone compounded formula, you know, helps too. Just for the vaginal health, it works locally and it is huge. Um, the tissue is becomes less dry, more plump. Um it can be used preventatively too, so they never get to that point. Um, it also strengthens the pelvic floor. We need estrogen for our pelvic floor muscle strength. So once they start to use something like that and potentially even dilators, which I often recommend to my patients um, it, early on when they're having those types of issues and that type of pain, but once they're able to move past that, then yes, Pelicor is hugely important because it increases the circulation to the area. Um, it helps with orgasm. It helps with so many issues um, just by working and bringing blood flow to the tissue. Um, but you kind of have, when there is pain involved, you kind of have to step back and look at the bigger picture. Um, so I, I train my instructors, actually. I say if the patient is having pain with a pelvic floor contraction, they're not a candidate. Um, if they're having just stress urinary incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, yes, they desperately need it. But those women who are having other issues with pain, that needs to be addressed first. Um, and then they for okay, sure will benefit explain from the, it. Please Sorry, explain the prolapse, what a prolapse is. So what, what is a prolapse? Can you explain it's, pel- it's called a pelvic organ prolapse. So if, like I said earlier on when I was explaining what the pelvic floor is, and I said it supports your pelvic organs, which is in the front we have our bladder, behind it we have our uterus, if we still have our uterus, and behind that is the rectum. Now, when the pelvic floor does not have the strength to support those structures, and there's a lot of downward pressure, 
whether it's from exercise and we're like not breathing correctly or holding our breath, people who have constipa- chronic constipation and tend to strain a lot and the, the muscles don't have the strength to withstand that and they weaken, it's very possible that the bladder will start to drop down and where are these or the uterus or the rectum and where are they going to drop? They're going to go where there's the opening that has the most space. And as we know, the, the opening that has the most space is the vaginal canal. So what will tend to happen is the bladder may, you, you may start to feel the, bl- the bladder through the vaginal canal. You may start to feel the rectum through the vaginal canal. Um, people sometimes, they, no one, like I said, no one talks about it. Many people end up in the emergency room freaking out that something's falling out of their bodies, although it's not really falling out. It's just kind of dropping, but with core strengthening. Um, that can often, you know, improve and they could have some resolution. Does that answer the question? I was, I, yes. And I was lucky because my mom shared with me, which is not her generation at all, but my mom shared with me, Hey, listen, you know, do whatever you can. Cause this happened to me and she had a pessary. Am I saying yes. the right word? Yeah. Pessary that she had to get changed, you know, in the, in the, like her, in her late seventies was inserted. And I think she changed it every six months. And she said it wasn't a problem at all, but it was sort of like a little sling, like a donut put up there to basically hold everything in place. And, and she, that's and what I, happened to her. Yeah. They're great. They're great. I often will tell my patients, you know, may, I think you need to be fitted for a pessary. Um, mm. And studies have shown that women who have pelvic organ prolapse as a younger woman, you know, they have the option of going for surgery, but not everybody wants surgery. So, you know, getting fitted with a pessary is a great alternative. And then in conjunction with strengthening your pelvic floor and your pelvic core, you know, you could live a completely comfortable life. Most women are able to right. take it in and out as needed. And I actually read a study that said women who wear pessaries it, their, their, their vaginal opening actually remodels, the tissue remodels and the opening or what's called the introitus, the opening of the, at the, you know, the vaginal wall, it, sh- it gets smaller, you know, because after having babies, everything is big and open and not so pretty. So a pessary will help and allow that opening. And it's different than what we were talking about before with the atrophic vaginitis of menopause. Um, that's a totally different story, but you know, some women could end up having to get refitted for smaller pessaries because everything remodeled really nicely. So I think it's great that your mother actually talked to you about that because it's so important. Right. And then I started paying attention to those kegels, kegels, however, what is the proper pronunciation of that? That's Every, what that's everyone pronounces very it. controversial. I don't know. Everyone pronounces it differently. I say kegels. Uh, some okay. Say I'm going to say, I'll say kegels. Tomato. <laughs> Okay, I'll say Kegels too. But that, you know, and when we were, you know, owning the fitness studio was when you came in with Pelicor. And I was like, I know about this. I need this. I want to prevent my body from this. So that's awesome. Is there anything can you just quickly run through with us for our listeners, like just like targeting the Pelicor? the pelvic floor, what that muscle is so that maybe they can be do it, do this at home and just sort of at least get their mind around what exactly we're talking about? Yes. So um, earlier I had said that people who do, uh, that they discovered that only 16% of women or people who do Kegel exercises are actually doing them correctly. So the component that they're missing is that relaxation component. 
They're so focused on squeezing, squeezing, squeezing that they end up just tightening the muscle. A tight muscle is not a strong muscle. So what they really need to remember is once they do a contraction, they also have to do a full relaxation. And um, belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, which I think I started to allude to earlier, is how we relax and lengthen that pelvic floor. It's like a stretch for the pelvic floor. So I usually incorporate that and you, you guys are welcome to try it. It's really, it's, it takes coordination, but it doesn't take long to kind of get it. You just need to practice. So I tell people, put one hand on your chest, one hand on the lowest part of your belly. Imagine that there is a balloon under that belly hand. Okay. You don't want your chest to move if you could keep it from moving. So as you inhale through your nose, you let the belly hand fill or expand. You're filling that balloon. And then you're going to blow the air out of your mouth as if you're blowing out a candle, letting the balloon deflate. So I usually say do that just a few times, just the breath work to relax and lengthen the muscles so that when you start to do the strengthening exercises, you're able to get a full pelvic floor muscle contraction. So let's say they've done that belly breathing for a few times. Then I'll say, okay, let's take our next inhalation, fill your belly. Now, as you start to blow that air out of your mouth, draw your tailbone towards your pubic bone as if you're stopping the flow of urine. Or think about as if you're picking up a marble with your vagina, trying to pull it up towards your head as you're blowing the air out and hold it. And then as you inhale and fill your belly, you relax, letting that pelvic floor lengthen. And then you blow it out and squeeze it, bring it all up. And often it is easier to learn it if you're sitting like on a hard stool and you're focusing on keeping your sit bones on the, on the chair and you're thinking of the muscles between the two sit bones are the muscles that are working. You're not squeezing your glutes. It's just the inside muscles that need to contract and relax. Does that help? Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. I've, yeah. been do- I've been doing it the yeah. whole time. How about you? I did it. Yeah, you I did it too. Yeah. yeah. I could feel it. I could feel the contraction. Perfect. And you know what? It was not painful. No, that's good. And there's basically there's two types of pelvic floor muscle contractions that I teach in my class because we have two different types of muscle fibers throughout our body. We have fast twitch muscle fibers and slow twitch muscle fibers. So for those who tend to have stress urinary incontinence, they would want to focus on the fast twitch muscle fibers which are really power and um, speed, kind of like a sprinter. Women who have a pelvic organ prolapse would want to focus on endurance. So the other kind, the slow twitch muscle fibers, are I kind of referred to as marathon runners. So what we were just doing was more of our marathon runner, where I would say, you're going to, as you exhale, you hold it for five seconds. And then as you inhale and relax for five seconds, and you just kind of keep going like that. For, and that would be, and you want to work on lengthening that time that you're able to hold it because literally we have to hold those organs in, up and in all day long as we're want, running around doing all our errands. Um, and then the fast twitch ones, all, all that, all the only difference is, is you breathe naturally. You're not using your belly breath and all you're thinking of is contract one, two, relax one, two, contract one, two, relax one, two. That's kind of the mantra. So that it allows you or enables you to really work the muscle through full range. It takes a good two seconds to fully contract and two seconds to fully relax. 
Um, and it's interesting because depending on what a person's issue is when they come to see me in the clinic, I often see the correlation of the type of muscle contraction where they're weaker. So I'll often see that my patients with stress urinary incontinence have a hard time doing those two count contractions. And those patients who have a pelvic organ prolapse have a harder time doing the longer contractions where they have to hold it for longer. <clears throat> so both of those are included okay, I, in I have a question. Yes, please. I have a question real quick. Yeah. So while I'm doing that with you, when you were running us through it, so it feels like to me, if I'm trying to stop my, like I have a, a flow of urine and then I'm stopping and starting and stopping and starting, which exactly. is what, you know, my gynecologist years ago told me to do. Is that the same feeling that we should be feeling? Is that what that contraction right. is? Yeah. And I, th I, th I think when I was describing it just, just a few seconds ago, I was saying when you draw your tailbone towards your pubic bone, as if you're stopping the flow of urine, oh. because okay. that's often just how people get it. But what I want to make clear, I don't want people actually doing it when they're sitting on the toilet seat peeing. <laughs> okay. It's gotcha. not something you want to do when you're peeing. You never want to stop your flow of urine because the brain knows to relax and open those muscles when you're peeing. And if you then try and stop it and squeeze, then you're straining and it's, you know, it's mixing the brain up and you could start developing other issues, but you're not wrong. A lot, and they used to say to do that, but it's really, the idea is, is that's what you should be thinking of when you're not sitting on the toilet to do the exercise correctly, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Okay. And so, to, and then let's clear up this myth too, that you told me about is that before I'm running out the house to go to the supermarket or to do an errand or go play pickleball, whatever I do, I don't go to the bathroom. Like uh, what I do is I, I, or what I do is I do that last bit, a little bit of pee that I have in there. I got to get it out because when I'm playing pickleball, I'm going to not be able to hold my pee or, you know, and you're saying not to do that. Well, and that really is an issue more related to women who experience overactive bladder or urgency. Um, what you just, ex what you just dis or brought up, we refer to as just in case voiding, meaning you go to the bathroom just in case whenever you leave the house. Um, and it's really comes from fear, like you said, of getting stuck somewhere, not being able to, to pee. But actually what studies have found that just in case voiding actually increases the urge. So for women who do have urinary urgency or overactive bladders, for those are the ones that I often will say, you know what, you need to cut this out um, because it's just making it worse. And for those women, um, it tends to happen a lot when they're not busy. When they're at work, they can go and do their work for hours and not have to go to the bathroom. When they're home at night decompressing and their brain starts working, they're running to the bathroom seven, eight, nine times before going to sleep. They don't need to go to the bathroom that often. Um, you know, normal frequency of avoiding during a day is really six, only going six to eight times. And so if someone's starting to go 15 times a day, which believe me, it happens, that you don't want to be doing that just in case voiding. And there's a lot of other, you know, things that we educate them, you know, cutting out what we call bladder irritants, you know, coffee and caffeine and artificial sweetener, anything that irritates the lining of the bladder, they would want to eliminate at while they're increasing their water intake. Um, you know, there's a huge, fallacy. Everyone comes into me and says, I say, how much water do you drink? 
And they go, oh gosh, I try not to because if I drink, I'm going to be in the bathroom all day. And I'm like, no, 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 you need to drink. And then I'll, I'll explain, you know, the, uh, I, I always use the same analogy. I said, if you've ever rinsed your mouth out with Listerine and it burns and you want to spit that Listerine out, well, the lining of our mouth is the same as the lining as our bladder. So concentrated urine in our bladder will be just as irritating. And so if you're not drinking enough water, and you have concentrated urine in the bladder, the bladder is going to send signals to your brain saying, hey, I'm uncomfortable, do something. So the brain's going to say, okay, I'll take care of that. And it will send signals back to the bladder to make the muscle contract. And that's what causes urgency. But if we're actually drinking the appropriate amount of water and the urine is more dilute, it won't act as a bladder irritant causing that sense of urgency. Wow. <laughs> right? That blows it. I mean, it's just, there's always just so, so, so much information that we learn in every podcast. I'm like writing down a few things in this one for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of that and just overall health, Natalie, where have you seen women's health and where do you see it now? And where do you hope to see it in the future? If, if, if you could touch just, you know, our, our last question here to, to yeah. round up this well, I think that we're with with the internet, with the online world, everything is now getting put out there, which is sometimes a bad thing, but I think in our case it's a good thing. Um people women are able to do research, they're able to go into Facebook groups and find like-minded, you know, um women with similar issues that they could share. Um and they're also becoming more educated, which is making them demand um, a certain level of care, where in the past, we just, you know, felt, oh, whatever, we'll do whatever the doctor tells us, they know best. Um, well, so I think it's great that women are advocating for themselves. And um, I've had to do it, you know, my whole life. And I encourage my patients to always advocate for themselves if they have questions, ask. Um, if they hear something or do research, you know, ask. Um, as a professional, I'm always learning. Um, I love to learn and I'm always listening to webinars and to podcasts um, so that I could better then help my patients. Um, so I think, it, I think we're going in the right direction, to be honest. I think even physicians or let's say OB, OB gynecologists, I think their job has become so complex. Not only are they required to take, deliver babies and um, take care of women's heart and osteoporosis and health and so forth. You know, we're also looking to them to take care of our menopause, but they don't, they're not taught that stuff in school. Um, so I think the fact that now women are, they're being proactive and wanting that support from their physicians is forcing physicians to go and get educated. And I see that they're starting to, they're, they're everyone's really want, stepping up that bar in order to do what's so important for all our patients. Um, and to be honest, it's when, when you're able to help someone, it is just so incredibly rewarding. So I, I personally think, you know, we're going from a system where it was like a top-down system. You did what your 
doctor told you and that was it. And you just assume that was all there was to it. Whereas now there's more back and forth. There's more interdisciplinary um, involvement. You know, I work with the gynecologist. I work with the, could be the oncologist, the urologist. We all help each other. And we're, our goal really is to do what's best for the patient. And uh, I think it's improving. And I'm very grateful that it is. It's just such great news to hear that we are heading in this direction. And I agree with you. I think it's it's women, especially in women's health, it's, you know, everyday extraordinary women who go in and saying, this isn't okay. You know, I, I'm not right. going to just live with this and, and you got to help me out. And if that doctor's like, well, try this and they don't like it, they go and seek out another doctor. You know, it's, we're not, we're not, like I was saying, my mom's generation that just said, okay, well, that's what the doctor said. Exactly. So I, exactly. I I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. We asked that question to almost everyone here on the podcast, especially anyone in the medical field, because we're hoping that we're, that you're going to say what we want to hear. And it, it seems across the board that that's how most of our guests have felt is that it is heading in the right direction that people are talking about it and why people want to come on the podcast is to keep talking about it. So Natalie, thank you so much for being here today. What you're doing thank is you. so important. Thank you for you having me. You can reach Natalie Padveen at pelicor.com. She's a, a physical therapist here in the South Bay. So you can get all her information. Can you, can you get all your information off that too? Or should we give the other? On the website? Where, where yeah, no, practice? all my information is yeah. on the website. Um, my practice, okay, I do practice at Complete Women Care. We have offices in Long Beach and Manhattan Beach. Um, but the easiest way, if anyone wants to reach me with questions or for, you know, for anything, I'd be more than happy to speak to you. Um, my email is on the website. And um, I think that would be the best way. It is www.pelicor.com. And that's spell that for us, just so people have that. Sure. It is um, P like Paul, E-L-A-C-O-R-E. Great. All right, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time on Some Like It Hot. All right, SJ. Wow. That was a lot of information. What did you think? Yeah. Well, the thing that I love the most is um, that anything Pelicor can go on with the rest of your life. Like you can add it into everything else. It's not something extra that you have to do separately. Like you learn the exercise and then you can bring it in and use it everywhere. Like, you know, she was really stressing about the breath and using the right way to strengthen the muscles when you work out. And not that you know, she said six or eight times and you get it and you can right. take it with you. And so I, I find that's, that's so great when there's, um, education and information and, um, structure that you can bring into your life that will help everything and not something more that we need to add. Right. And then, does that and, make sense? Yeah. And then your everyday life, like she said, picking up the groceries or, yeah. you know, I thought yeah. one thing I was thinking of when she was talking is walking your dog. Like everybody walks their dog and just, yeah. you know, a lot of the time if the dog pulls and I'm always with my friends that their dogs are just pulling them left and right and they're lunging or they're doing stuff yeah. and just to know that you're protecting that pelvic floor or being aware of it. You know, I think that's the, you know, when I first met Natalie, it was like, 
like, what the heck is this pelvic floor? I mean, of course I knew what it was being in fitness, but I didn't really know the, you know, complete importance of it. And then when my mom busted that out to me, I was like, wait, circle back there, mom. What the heck are you talking about? What's falling out of you? And is that going to happen to me? Because we are genetically, we are, we were so genetically the same. I got my period the same time my mom did. I feel like I had the same menopause as my mom did. So I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have my organs falling out of me? And I've been, I've, I know it's, you know, you worry about that. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, 100%. And the, and the pain thing is, uh, it's annoying. And and so many people have it. Oh my gosh. Like that, it's a quick fix like that. Well, what's crazy Crazy. is that we all live with it. Like how many times? Oh yeah. I mean, there's not a group of friends that you're not around having a glass of wine and someone sneezes or coughs and everybody laughs or, 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 you know, someone's laughing so hard and they go, oh my God, I'm peeing my pants. I'm peeing my pants. I'm peeing my pants. Like that's, that's just a general in my group of friends. And you know, I, listen, I'm outing them now, right? So I'm outing all my <laughs> friends that they have incontinence problems. Well, but, you should, but, now you should do what Natalie said and educate them. Right. And I, and they, they do. A lot of my friends had taken her class and, and yeah. it has helped. And I will tell you, it so helped me. I, right in the middle of my menopause, like at the height of my menopause, uh, I, could not even, sometimes I, it was weird. I would be running to the bathroom and I would just be like, oh my God, I'm peeing my pants right now. Like I, you know, that quick pee that she's talking about and that, and that does not happen to me anymore whatsoever. Now that I also know that that does go away a little bit when you come out of menopause and you're at the tail end of it, you know, when you're at the height of menopause, I hear that's when it's the worst, but I also did Pelicor and I do it when I'm working out every day. Oh yeah. Like when I'm, I'm, especially when I'm on my mat and I'm stretching or doing my sit-ups, I do a bunch of those breaths and, and, and contractions. And, and I use a, she has a thing where you lay on your back and you use sort of like a soft ball and squeeze it in between your knees. And I've done that. That's the exercise I like. And it has helped me a hundred percent. So, uh, another great little support system and little tip yeah, on I really like it yeah on how we get through this journey and, right? and she was very positive and I boy that was great to yeah. just have someone leave in a very well they all have left very positive that it's you know women's health is going upward right right you know? and onward and for the yeah. better and that you know we're we're in it looks it's it's feeling I'm rest assuring that we're in good hands, you know, and if we just keep talking and talking and us women keep pushing and pushing, we are going to get the care that we deserve. Yeah, because she's right. She said, you know, I had to advocate for myself my whole life Mm -hmm. and it's a lot. Right, right, right. All right. Well, uh, here we go. On to the next one. On to the next one. 